What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today we are continuing, once again, the incoming rookie wide receivers in this loaded class. But I did want to address something that a lot of people seem to be talking about. And a lot of people threw this in the comments on my Kadarius Tony thread about the fact that, hey, you look at his senior season, Brandon. He was good, yeah, but if you look at all the years before that, he wasn't very good. And that's a red flag. So I wanted to see... Is this true? You know, let me see if I can find some examples here and there to either support or go against that statement. So I didn't want to spend too much time. You know, this is something that you could dive into and spend two, three hours. And it's just something I wanted to look at real quick. So I looked at the recent draft classes, the last two, three years draft classes, and I found a lot of examples that I think are very notable. So I'm going to give you four names of guys who had their senior season outproduce the rest of their college career totaled, except for one of them, but it was pretty close. So Terry McLaurin, his senior season was 701 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. That's good, not great though, right? Well, the rest of his college career was only 550 receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns. So in his last season, his senior season, somebody who's been super ultra productive in the NFL had his senior season be more than the rest of his college career. Example two, DJ Moore, another guy, his senior season, 1,033 yards, eight touchdowns. He went in the first round. The rest of his college career combined for 994 yards, nine touchdowns, one touchdown more and less yardage in three years or two. I don't remember. Justin Jefferson, Senior season, 1,540 yards, 18 touchdowns. The rest of his career, 875 yards, nearly half. Six touchdowns, one-third. And then lastly, Chase Claypool, senior season, 1,037 receiving yards, 13 touchdowns. The rest of his collegiate career, 1,122 yards. So this is the one that's slightly more, and six touchdowns. So what we're seeing here is there are plenty of examples of successful viable for fantasy NFL wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, who's a top three dynasty receiver. Now, DJ Moore, who's been a wide receiver two at worst. Terry McLaurin, who's a wide receiver two at worst, and I think is a wide receiver one, especially if they get an upgrade. Chase Claypool, who I'm lower on, but a lot of people love and had a decent rookie season for fantasy purposes. That's plenty of examples to show otherwise. So don't just buy in to the senior season, if that's their only really, truly good season, then that's a red flag. They're not going to be good in the NFL because I just gave you four examples in the past few drafts to counteract that. With that said, we're going to get into the prospects, but before doing so, of course, got to give credit to where credit is due. Some people that helped me with my information, the Draft Network, Sports Reference, PFF, Pro Football Network, and we've got some new ones, Sports Illustrated, Dot com and the cut ffb.com that is where christian 
who came on the podcast talking about Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence in that debate with me. That's where he puts his information out on. So he helped me on one of the prospects, find a little bit of extra juice. So with that said, we're going to get into it. Remember, our group of five receivers that we are going over is Amon Ross St. Brown, Tylen Wallace, Seth Williams, Elijah Moore, and Amari Rogers. That is the order we are going over them. That is not the order that I have them ranked, and we'll talk about that at the end. So let's start with Amon Ra St. Brown, six foot one, 195 pounds out of USC. He will be 21 when the season starts. And his best season to date was 2019. In 13 games, he put up 77 receptions, 1,042 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. My NFL comparison for him is Cooper Cup. This is a guy that so many people are much higher on than I am. I like the guy. I think he can be successful in the NFL. That's why my NFL comparison for him is Cooper Cup. I see a similar play style, similar body type, and a similar route to fantasy success. But he is not wide receiver six or wide receiver seven for me. And that's where he is at for a lot of people. I see a lot of people saying he's their wide receiver four, wide receiver five. I think that's too high. But first, we got to talk about the things that he does very well. And that is contested catch ability. Ball tracking. When he has the ball coming to him in the air, he knows exactly where to go, how to adjust to it. His route running to get open is also Great. He is a very good blocker. He's got decent juke ability for his size. Nothing crazy. You know, he's not a Kadarius Tony. He's not a Jalen Waddle, but he is good at juking people out and making them miss. He can play in the slot or outside, so he's got some utility. He is probably just going to be a slot guy, though, in the NFL, similar to Cooper Cup. So he's got some good things going for him, right? He's a good contested catch receiver. He's a good blocker. He can run routes. But after that, I'm not seeing too much. And I've got some knocks here for him. He's, one, a slow accelerator and lacks top speed. He's not a superb athlete in terms of speed, at least. And I'm concerned about this lack of speed severely hurting him because he's a contested catch receiver, yes. So they usually don't need speed, but he's not a 6'4", 6'3", 6'5", contested catch receiver. He is 6'1". So if you're 6'1", and you're not creating a bunch of separation, even though he is good with routes, he's not creating much separation because he's not quick. He's not bursty. He's not very elusive. He's not fast. He's just not pulling away from corners. So in the NFL, that's going to be a problem when a lot of corners are 6'1", or 6 foot, and they're physical, and they know how to keep you hip-to-hip with them and play the ball well. If that happens, then his contested catchability could go down And not to mention, NFL quarterbacks, they know how to go through reads most of the time, and they're not going to just throw up a bunch of contested catch balls to a 6'1 guy who's got a corner on his hip. So that is the first big concern for me. And like I said, he's a good route runner, but he doesn't create much separation because of the lack of quickness and speed. I'm reading, or I did read, that a bunch of people expect high 4'4s for Amon Ross St. Brown. That would blow me away. I think he's going to be late four fives. Now, we don't know if the times are going to be reliable this season, this year, or offseason, I should say, because everyone's not being measured by the same counter, by the same stopper, by the same technology, because there's no NFL combine as usual. So we don't even know if we can really trust the numbers that are given to us. But I still don't think he's going to be a 4-4s guy. That would definitely surprise me. But 
Maybe it's the USC uniforms because Michael Pittman was somebody that I thought looked pretty slow on tape and he ran way faster than I expected last year in the NFL Combine. So maybe it's something about the uniforms. Probably not. I'm just trying to uh, throw something out there that might be possible because I still don't understand how Michael Pittman ran so fast. Maybe he just trained really well. But the fantasy takeaway for Amon Ra is he's a contested catch receiver without explosiveness, which worries me. If he's utilized in the slot, he can have a similar career like a Cooper Cup because he's a good route runner and has a physical play style. That's a decent ceiling, but I think he needs that slot role. I don't think he has the traits to get open consistently on the outside in the NFL, so his landing spot will be super important. People say they see him getting taken in the back of the first, top of the second. That's a reach, man. If I was an NFL team, he wouldn't go any higher than the back of the second at best, especially in a class that is this deep. And I'll tell you guys where I have him ranked later, but he's not somebody I would be taking that high. So we'll have to see where he lands and get back to me on that one. Now, the next guy we're going to go over is Tylen Wallace. He's 5'11", 193 pounds out of Oklahoma State. He will be 22 when the season starts. His best season to date was 13 games, 2018, 86 receptions, 1,491 receiving yards, and 12 touchdowns. His NFL comparison for me is a smaller and skinnier DJ Moore. That's right, DJ Moore. He brushes off hits. He's got a really good stiff arm. He's really good at tracking the ball while it's in the air. He's very good on contested catches. He led the nation, actually, in 2018 with contested catches at 43. He exaggerates his routes well and uses his head. What I mean by that is he doesn't just make the right cuts, but he does enough with his body to lean into that cut and then boom, twitch the other direction. You guys can't see me, but I'm actually like acting it out, which is always ridiculous once I think about it. But anyways, he exaggerates his routes really well. He uses his head. He uses head fakes, right? So if he's jabbing to the right, he's not just moving his body to the right. He's moving his body to the right and looking to the right as if he's about to look over for the ball, which really helps him on his routes create more separation. He was top 7% in college football in yards per route run at 3.26. And basically, to me, Tylen Wallace, remember 5'11", 193 pounds, he is Amon Ross St. Brown, but he has speed on top of it, which significantly improves him, and that's why I have him above Amon Ross St. Brown. He's got good separation skills. He showed up in the biggest games, and I have a perfect example of that. Texas and Oklahoma, two pretty solid defenses, right? Two well-respected teams in college football. In those two games combined, he had 440 receiving yards and four touchdowns. That's immense that is insane that is clutch that is what you like to see now what are some knocks really the knocks are not too bad he tore his acl his family history shows repeated acl tears so that's something that kind of scares people i believe his brother had an acl tear and his knee gave him problems this year so he was in and out this year which is part of the reason that he was held back in putting up a great season this year And he can get separation in press where he can build up to speed but still wins at the catch point. Or I'm sorry, he struggles getting separation in press where he can build up to speed but he still wins at the catch point. So what I mean by that is when he's being pressed, remember that's something that can be a red flag for receivers. When he's being pressed, it's hard for him to get that separation because he's not able to build up his speed. He's got physical contact that's keeping him from being able to build up that speed. But 
in a lot of those routes, he's still winning at the catch point and bringing the ball down. So he just needs to improve on that separation because it will be harder to bring those down versus NFL corners. But with that said, that's pretty much it. Some injury history and, you know, a slight worry at getting separation versus press coverage. That's about it. So I really like Tylen Wallace. He's definitely above Amon Ross St. Brown for me. And my fantasy takeaway is that if it wasn't for injuries, he would be spoke of as a high second rounder in this class, even though it's really deep. And some thought that after his 2018 performance or 2019 year before the ACL tear, that he was going to go late first in the 2020 draft. That was last year's draft. And remember, that was a really deep class of receivers as well. So I like the skill set he brings to the table. I think he has an opportunity to be a very good outside wide receiver for fantasy purposes. But like most receivers outside of the top five in this class, landing spot is huge. I think a great team for him would be, and I would hate this because I like Tylen Wallace and I don't want to see a division rival get him, but I think a perfect spot would be New Orleans as we see the clear need for an outside wide receiver, right? They've got Michael Thomas in the slot, but they don't really have much outside of that and Alvin Kamara. So putting a guy like Tylen Wallace in the second round, maybe third if he falls, which hopefully he doesn't. I don't think he deserves to fall outside the second round, but Either way, he would be a great outside receiver in that offense. And we have evidence of them knowing how to use outside receivers. He's not as fast as these guys, but we've had guys like Kenny Stills and Brandon Cooks have very good success outside in New Orleans. So I think it would be a good spot for him. That's just a specific spot. I still think there's plenty of other places he could do well. He's not as fast as Kenny Stills and Brandon Cooks, like I said, but he does similar things. So that's Tylen Wallace and Amon Ra St. Brown. And I will get to the rest of the guys right after this. What's up, divers? Do you guys enjoy a good workout like me? Well, guess what? I've got the perfect nutrition for you, and that is Built Bar. Go check out BuiltBar.com. Guys, I have tried every single flavor to this point. I've got some rankings for you. Here are my top five favorite flavors that are in the 18-pack, their standard rotation, not any holiday or special event items my favorite is banana bread followed very closely by coconut i really like the peanut butter that is my third favorite toffee almond Ooh, that's a nice one and cookies and cream those are the top five flavors if you guys want to try them out if you haven't why not why have you not tried these out yet these are amazing i have them after every single workout paired with actually their vitamin packs that give you a hundred percent of your daily vitamins Guys, I'm not even eating vegetables and fruits anymore. I don't need to. I'm getting all of my vitamins and then some in a pack that comes out to less than a dollar a day. Are you kidding me? You're spending more than that on fruits and vegetables. Plus, it takes time to eat that. I'm somebody who thinks time is money. So I just like to mix that stuff into my water. Check out Built Bar. Use my code Deep Dive to save 10% off and get the nutrition side of working out added in to the hard work you put in the gym and get max results. All right, guys, welcome back. We've got three more guys to go over, and we are starting with Seth Williams, 6'2", 224 pounds, one of the bigger receivers in this draft class. We don't have too many big, big guys out of Auburn. He will be 22 when the season starts. His best season to date is 12 games in 2019, where he went for 59 receptions, 830 yards, and eight touchdowns. My NFL comparison for him is Alshon Jeffrey, and kudos to the Cut FFB who actually said that. And I was like, man, that is actually perfect. So I'm going to go with that one. So 
Let's talk about the props. He's got good size. Like I said, one of the bigger ones in this class. He's got good jump ball, good jump ball skills to go with the size. He's got good leap. He gets up there, gets high, high points the ball. He lays out for catches. A lot of times you'll see him dive for a ball, whether it's for a one-hander or a two-hander, and puts his body out on the line. You love to see that. He's super cocky and edgy. Some people like this. I'm personally not the type of guy to like that. Um, I like that attitude in corners, not so much in receivers, because a lot of times problems tend to follow in that diva mentality, diva attitude. But, you know, everyone has their own cup of tea. Some people love that. So I'm going to put it in the props section because it does show his supreme confidence in himself. And if you're being super cocky and edgy on the field, that means you're making plays to back it up, right? Because you that's the only opportunity you have to be like that and to get into corner spaces. Either you dominated him in like a run block, which Seth Williams is actually very good at. He's a very good run blocker. Or... He just made a nasty catch. So for him to even be like that shows some success that he's had. He's a very good red zone threat because of the things we've talked about. Just very good contested catch guy with good size. And he was actually a basketball player in high school, which is going to come into play later in the negatives. What? Brandon, you played basketball. What do you mean? Exactly. I will get to it. But he was a basketball player in high school, so it kind of goes to show why he's a good contested catch receiver, why he has good hands. A lot of basketball players find it very natural and easy to catch a football because of all the, I guess, hand-eye coordination plus like feeling in your fingertips that you need to be able to handle a basketball very well on the court. I think that's probably what causes it. I mean, I've always been really good at catching a football naturally after I started playing basketball. So, And I've noticed that with just most basketball players. Anyways, Let's talk about some knocks. He's not a good separator. He's not quick. He has very slow feet. He's not chop, chop, plant foot the plant his foot in the ground and going. He's not that type of guy. He's not bursty. He's actually kind of stiff. Not very agile either. He got yelled at in... This is... Okay, so this is what I was talking about, right? I'm imagining that Seth Williams, somebody who was a basketball player in high school, and knowing basketball coaches as I played... I imagine he's somebody that got yelled at in basketball practice a lot, and this is why. I think he got yelled at in basketball practice because I don't see much boxing out, and that is super important in basketball, and that is a surefire way to piss off a coach if you don't box out in practice or in games. And the way Seth Williams plays football, he probably didn't didn't box out in basketball because he's a big dude, right? We talked about the fact that he has good leap. He high points the ball. He lays out for catches. He's got good jump ball skills, but the one thing I'm not seeing, which is very important if this is going to be the way you dominate on the football field, is he does not use his body to keep the defender away from the ball. When the ball goes up in the air, you need to box out the defender. He does not do that. He doesn't put his hips into the defender's hips. He doesn't use his back to shield the defender away from where the ball is going. You don't see none of that. You just see him wait for the ball to get close and try to out jump the corner, which he does successfully, but... It'll be more difficult, and he could lose leverage from a corner in the NFL if he doesn't learn how to box out. So that's just something kind of like funny I wanted to work in, but I would actually, I would bet if I had to that that's true. I I think he probably did have some struggles in basketball practice from not boxing out because I don't see it on the football field, and that should be an easy transition to make. Also, 16% drop rate, so there's something else there that he needs to work on but you guys know I don't care too too much about the dropping issues because that's something that a lot of people fix Amari Cooper did it Mike Evans did it Terrell Owens did it so many other guys did it so it's not something I'm I'm too worried about 
So the fantasy takeaway for me with Seth Williams is that he's likely a guy who will be used in particular situations like the red zone. He won't be entrenched in a starting lineup unless he lands somewhere pretty bad. I think one spot that could give him a good opportunity is Tennessee. If Corey Davis leaves, he could be the second receiver out there with A.J. Brown. He's not going to create much separation. He will live or die on the contested catches. And that is not a guy I personally want to rely on in fantasy. So I'm passing on Seth Williams, but that's what we got for him. Then we've got Elijah Moore. He's 5'9", 184 pounds out of Ole Miss. He will be 21 when the season starts. And this is a guy I was very excited to get into. A lot of people said, oh, Brandon, you love Kadarius Toney? Wait till you watch some Elijah Moore. Wait till you watch him. And so I'm like, all right, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this guy. Turns out there are some stark differences, in my opinion, between him and Tony, which we will get into. But he is a guy that I do like, just not nearly as much. His best season was eight games in 2020, where he went for 86 receptions. Remember, this is eight games. 86 receptions, more than 10 a game. Almost 1,200 yards at 1193. That's almost, quick math, 150 yards per game. And eight touchdowns, a touchdown per game. So that's really good numbers. My NFL comparison for him is Cole Beasley. What? You just said you liked him. Well, Cole Beasley is a lot better than people give him credit for. So let's talk about it. Some of the things Elijah Moore does well. He has very good field vision. Once the ball is in his hands, he knows how to navigate to get extra yards. He is, because of that field vision, very good with run after catch. He does need some room to run, though. If he's kind of like congested in a congested spot or somebody's really close, he's usually getting tackled. But if he's got some room to run, he's got the vision to make the most out of it. He's a good route runner. He had actually a step or more of separation, all right, a step or more of separation on 90% of his targets in 2020 according to pff that is outstanding he also has good hands to go with the great separation skills and good route running skills he's good at the catch point he's tough so like i said right people compare him to Kadarius tony and they say brandon you're gonna like him you're really really gonna like him i do but not nearly as much as everyone made it seem so let me settle the differences right elijah moore might be a more refined route runner but Tony, Kadarius Tony, has a much higher ceiling for route running. Why? Because he's got burst, he's got super fluid hips, he's got twitch, and he's got start-stop ability. That's the difference. Burst, twitch, start-stop ability. Hip fluidity is something that Elijah Moore can work on, but twitch, burst, and start-stop ability are things that are more intangible than trainable. Now, yes, you can definitely get better at those things, but it's more of an intangible thing, and that's what Kadarius Tony has, and he's not a bad route runner. So I think his ceiling is so much higher to just dominate people with his routes than Elijah Moore. Kadarius Tony is also two inches taller, and he's also harder to tackle because he has better contact balance. So Elijah Moore, like I said, he's good with field vision, but he does get tackled pretty easily. And Kadarius Tony's not like that at all. So by the way, I made my Cole Beasley comparison, right? And I just want to say, that I'm feeling super confident about that NFL comparison. You guys have already heard the the positives about Elijah Moore. A lot of those things are very similar to Cole Beasley. They've also have a similar height and weight, so similar stature, right? And when I made the Cole Beasley comparison, I put it in my notes, and an hour later, I find a tweet from PFF saying that they compare him to Cole Beasley just a little bit faster. So now I know it's a good comp. So you guys, you guys can be confident in that comp, all right? Now let's talk about some knocks, right? He's small and he's 
a small guy without speed. And small guys, a lot of people say, like like I just said, faster than Cole Beasley, right? That doesn't mean he's fast. Cole Beasley isn't really fast. And that's according to PFF. I don't really even know how much I agree with that. Elijah Moore, to me, he seems a lot slower to me than he does to other people. Apparently, a lot of people think he's like got breakaway speed, and I don't see that. I see some good long speed at times, but he definitely doesn't have breakaway speed. There's plenty of times he's getting caught. And small guys without speed are rarely successful. Like I said, 5'9", 184 pounds. If you don't have speed, you better be the best route runner on the field. And I'm not sure if he's going to be able to dominate in that way. He's also not great through contact. He's just okay. It really just depends on the level of competition. When he was going up against Alabama and other very well-touted, very well-coached teams, he was not breaking tackles because those guys know how to properly tackle. So that's another knock there. My fantasy takeaway for Elijah Moore is that he's very limited as a slot guy. He's going to need the opportunity in a system that wants somebody dependable and doesn't already have somebody who's dependable. So what I mean by that is, for example, the Bills, they already have a dependable guy called Beasley, the Patriots. This is not going to be for long, so this actually might be a pretty good landing spot, but they have a Julian Edelman. The Titans have an Adam Humphreys. He might be a free agent, though. I don't know what's up with him. I need to look into like free agents and stuff, which is what I'm going to actually be doing after the incoming rookie series is over, so keep your eyes out for that. And then, you know, basically just those reliable, good route-running type of receivers that are tough and will just move chains for you. He needs to find a team that doesn't have that and needs that and is not looking for somebody with super high upside because I don't think Elijah Moore has that. So he does have a bit more potential than Cole Beasley in the NFL. Cole Beasley did finish with three wide wide receiver three seasons. So he was top 36 three times in fantasy football. And I do think he has a better ceiling than that, Elijah Moore. But the clap... Class is super deep, right? It's a super deep class of receivers, so I can't really rank him too highly. Which brings us to our last guy, and that is Amari Rogers. And I'm so happy I saved him for last. So happy. 5'10", 211 pounds. You guys can already tell he's going to be my favorite. Out of Clemson, he will be 21 when the season starts. His best season to date is 77 receptions. 1,020 yards, 7 touchdowns in 12 games in 2020. And my NFL comparison for him is Debo Samuel. Let's start off with something that I thought was crazy. Amari Rodgers tore his ACL. He returned from the ACL tear in 5 months. That is insane. And there's a few things that you can pull out from that one stat, that one situation. If you're recovering from an ACL tear in five months getting on the field and being successful, you've got at least two things working for you. You have a great body that recovers quickly, and that's going to be great for the NFL. And two, you have some nasty work ethic because it takes a lot to come back from an ACL tear, a lot of rehab, and he must have been doing everything 100% right every day, not losing hope, not getting down about himself thinking, oh, poor me, no. He said, I need to get back on the field because football is what I do. And that's what he did. And he got on the field in five months. That is crazy. And work ethic like that is what drives success, in my opinion, in any sport. So to see that already makes me confident he will be successful in the NFL. He's not a guy that you want to tackle either. 
height weight combo, 5'10, 211 pounds. That's part of the reason I comp him to Debo Samuel. He's very tough. He's built like a running back. He's got good burst. He had the most yards after contact among power five wide receivers, which is pretty much all the good schools. Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, all of those teams are power five schools in that conference so or the power five conferences so with that said basically he was the best wide receiver after contact and was doing it against decent competition not elite competition Clemson has a little bit easier than some other teams but still decent competition and I think a lot of people don't think he's a fast guy because of his stature Right, he's a little bit thicker. He's got the thicker body at 211 pounds. He's not fat by any means. Debo Samuel is not either. He's muscular, so it's not a knock in any way. But when you're 5'10", 211, you're a little bit bigger, right? And he also has small strides. So I think when he's running, it kind of doesn't look like he's that fast. But he routinely pulls away from defenders. So even on long runs, which means he's got some speed to him. He actually had a confirmed 449 40-yard dash in high school, and he did that at 209 pounds. So we don't have to worry about him, you know, okay, well, now he's 211 pounds, and he was 180 pounds in high school. So his 40 times probably way worse. No, he's two pounds heavier now, four years later, than he was in high school. And you know what he probably did in those four years? Built up a whole bunch of muscle, which means he might be faster. He also had a 38-inch vertical coming out of high school. That's also insane, once again, at the 209 pounds. He's got fluid hips to flip around and reach backwards for balls. He has some nice, nice catches you can even find on YouTube if you look him up. He's got some good run-after-catch vision. He has decent cuts to cause misses. He's not crazy, but I would say he's a little bit better than Amon Ross St. Brown, and you guys heard me say he's decent at making people miss. I think Amari Rogers is a little bit better. He's a very good route runner. He has very good hands in traffic, and he is my favorite wide receiver and highest ranked in this group of five people that we just went over, which we will wrap up in a bit. But let's talk about some knocks for Amari Rodgers. He needs to expand his route tree. He needs to improve at the catch point. So he's got good hands in traffic, but at the catch point, he's just not consistent enough. He's got nice catches there, but he needs to be more consistent. And he's got a smaller frame at 5'10", and He's not like a very lengthy guy. His arms are not super long. So that small frame is going to make it difficult in situations where it's like a contested catch type of thing. But that's not the receiver he is. That's not the type of receiver he is. That's not the type of receiver Debo Samuel is. And if Brandon Ayuk wasn't brought in, Debo Samuel would be somebody that we love for fantasy and are calling a top 24 dynasty receiver, right? So Amari Rogers, I think, is just in the same light. He's a slot receiver with deceptive speed, built like a running back that excels after the catch. That is absolutely perfect for today's NFL. His work ethic and route running on top of that should help his draft stock, pushing him hopefully into the second round. I cannot see him going past the third, but you know, a lot of times receivers just fall and in a deep class, maybe he falls, but I don't think he's going to go past the third. So he will have good draft stock invested in him in that second, third round. And I think he can become a solid back-end wide receiver too or flex for fantasy in the right situation. So once again, keep an eye on where he gets drafted. And guys, after the NFL draft is over, of course, I will be giving my immediate snap reaction rankings. And then after I do my NFL projections for over 250 players in the Google Sheet that I share with you guys all for free, uh, the people who have been sticking around for more than a year know all about that. 
once I do that, then you guys will get an even more updated, more confident ranking of the rookie receivers. But let's go over them, right? And I'm going to just integrate them into all of my rookie receivers that I've gone over so you guys can get an update. And I'm going to give you tiers now, so that's even more helpful. Because this receiver class is so deep that a lot of people like to move names around, and I'm fine with that, as long as they don't mess up the tiers. So for me, the only time I'll get into like a disagreement with somebody is if, and it's not like I'm never nasty or anything. You guys know me. I'm a cool guy. Um, but whenever I will decide to actually like hold a discussion with somebody about this receiver versus this receiver is not if it's like, you know, they have them at wide receiver seven and I have them at wide receiver nine. It's if they have them in a different tier. So here are my tiers and my rankings so far for the 15 receivers we have gone over. Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith sit alone together in tier one. Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Tony. This is in order. So Rashad Bateman's my wide receiver three. Kadarius Tony is still my wide receiver four. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver five, and Rondale Moore, wide receiver six. That is my second tier. So that's once again Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Tony, Jalen Waddle, Rondale Moore. That is tier two. Tier three, Terrace Marshall, big dude. Deami Brown, perfect blend of size, speed, strength. Tylen Wallace, who we talked about. Then Amari Rogers. Oh, I typed that backwards. I like Amari Rogers more than Tylen Wallace. You guys know that. I've been talking about it all day. Um, so Terrace Marshall, Deami Brown, Amari Rogers, Tylen Wallace, Amon Ross St. Brown, Elijah Moore. So that is tier three, right? If people want to put Elijah Moore over Amari Rogers, I can see the argument. I disagree, but I can see the argument. If they want to put Amon Ross St. Brown at the top of this tier, I disagree, but I see the argument, right? So that's tier three. And then tier four is Nico Collins, Dwayne Eskridge, Seth Williams. So, so far, right, the guys that we went over today, Amari Rogers is my wide receiver nine. Amari Rogers is my wide receiver nine. Tylen Wallace is my wide receiver 10. Amon Ross St. Brown is my wide receiver 11. Elijah Moore is my wide receiver 12. And Seth Williams is my wide receiver 15. So those are the guys we went over so far. And I really, really like Amari Rogers. Can't wait to see where he lands. And I like Tylen Wallace a lot too. With that said, thank you guys for tuning in. Please continue to stay with me. Share. You know, I, I've noticed my listens going up. I actually noticed that I missed a couple of reviews, and I saw some reviews that were pretty funny. I appreciate the reviews, guys. It really helps me out. Remember, I'm just, you know, I'm a new new guy, new podcast, trying to make it, trying to make it out there, right? Every review, every rating really helps me, and it just helps me show up in searches higher in the list so other people can find me. And please continue to reach out to your friends, your buddies that you're not playing against, or even if you're... You really want to invite the competition, you know, tell them to check out the podcast too. And once again, thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys. Continue asking me questions in the DMs, whatnot. Have a good one. Peace.